Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome into the Thursday, August the 1st edition of the Locked on Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins training camp football. And on today's show, it's day number seven of camp from a soggy South Florida. We see the quarterback battle tighten up, some new first teamers, and a lot more schematic install. We'll go position by position once again and give you the detail you've come to expect from LockedOnDolphins.com to wrap things up. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. We actually grew to the second most downloaded NFL show in the entire Locked On Network the last week. You can follow me on Twitter at NFL. You can follow the show at LockedOnFins. And check out LockedOnDolphins.com for our daily Dolphins journals as well as other news, analysis, and insight for your Miami Dolphins. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast. And make sure you check out the new Locked On NFL podcast rebranded with expert analysis from former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked on NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the National Football League. We have a busy show. As always, let's jump right in. That's another Miami Dolphins Support for today's Locked On Dolphins podcast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's 20% at manscaped.com with promo code LOCKEDON. Let's not waste any time and get right into the quick notes today from practice. Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, Kiko Alonso, Kalen Balaj, Dwayne Allen, Chase Allen, Cordray Tankersley, and Mike Hole were among those that did not practice, although Albert Wilson was on a scheduled day off for his rehab. Shaq Calhoun and Michael Dieter remained the first-team guards with the first-team offense. Jamal Wiltz played some first-team nickel cornerback today. And the other cornerback opposite Xavier Howard was rookie Nick Needham. And for the first time all training camp, Rashad Jones opened practice with the first team on defense. And we start today's podcast talking a little bit about some of the coaching interviews that occurred after practice. And Patrick Graham, the Dolphins defensive coordinator, gave us a good look or a good verbal confirmation of the things that we've been talking about pretty much throughout the course of the offseason, whether it's myself or Kevin Dern, whoever you talk to about the schematics of this defense knew this stuff was coming. And Patrick Graham confirmed it today by saying, quote, I can't remember the last time I drew a linebacker or defensive tackle when deploying defense on paper because everybody might play everywhere. And we saw that in practice. And we'll come back to that later in the show and we'll jump right back in to the quarterback battle here in just one second but the entire morning and afternoon has been a wet and soggy one down here in South Florida there's a tropical depression coming into Miami and the South Florida area and Brian Flores has drilled the idea that he wants his team to be able to deal with the circumstances and to acclimate to the climate and the circumstances you deal with whether it's weather or being tired and when things get tough 
He wants a hardworking team, but when things get tougher, he wants guys to dig in and work even harder. And we saw that with the practice today. The receivers and pass catchers and running backs all were not wearing gloves. And wouldn't you know it, they had their best day as a whole. And just in general, the practice, I thought, was a good one. And it tells me that Flores' message is beginning to take hold. The message to work hard and be out there and get in the muck and get yourself prepared and ready for the season. The wet field and poor conditions did not impact the quality of the practice. No new injuries. I think today was a good example of two solid hours getting put into the bank, which they can cash in later down the road during the season. Let's go ahead and talk about the quarterbacks before our first break, leading off the A block of every single episode here. And we start with Josh Rosen, who I thought, despite some varying reports out there, had one of his best days of training camp. He was more aggressive, despite what you might have heard, in the team portion. He picked up chunk yardage on comebacks and digs and post routes. He was throwing the ball down the field most of the time, but there are some instances where he still isn't trusting his eyes all the way and is taking the quick check down. And when you're doing that in seven on seven drills or even in the team periods, I would rather prefer to see him go down the field even more than he is because, like I said, he is still doing that and he's taking the easy pass and not risking things. He's playing safe to play safe. Well, if he's going to beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's going to have to start showcasing some ability to drive those balls down the field and pick up the chunk gains down the field to show that he is the better quarterback and the franchise quarterback for this team. But the revelation he made earlier in the week that he never had to make protection calls in college or in Arizona where he IDs a middle linebacker. That tracks with his performance because he is hesitant to take those shots down the field. He is hitting the open receivers that are open because of the scheme. And that's something he's going to have to overcome because any quarterback in the National Football League, even Jake Rudock, can hit the schemed open receivers. It's about going through the progression, getting into your second and third read and making a play that way. And also drilling things in tight to tight windows and also going off screen. Those are the things we want to see develop from Josh Rosen over the course of the next week and the next month. And one last kind of discouraging thing, I guess, on Josh Rosen is that when he gets to the top of his drop and they have a pass rush coming in on him, whether it's in team drills or in simulated drills, he does not have the quick twitch ability to get off the top of that drop and make a move kind of like Ryan Tannehill in that sense, who didn't have the quick flexibility to wiggle about the pocket and get out of that immediate danger. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, he does have that with the seamless weight transfer. He's light on his feet. And I thought he had a clean practice as well. Maybe not quite as good as Josh Rosen's was, but the touch and timing on a variety of his throws going down the field into the corner of the end zone, that type of thing just looks very good every single day. And he had the best moment of the entire camp so far, as far as laughs go, when he broke contain on a pass rush play and took off up the middle of the formation. And Sam Aguavon would have popped him if it was a live drill, but the red shirt protection allowed Fitzpatrick to gallop into the end zone from about 35 yards out. The fans laughed, the players laughed, the media laughed. It was a good time had by all. And the quarterback competition, although I think it is tightening up a little bit the last couple of days, it's still firmly within Ryan Fitzpatrick's grasp. We're going to see what happens over the course of the next week and then into the preseason opening game, which is only just one week away, guys. We have football tonight for the Hall of Fame game, and we have Dolphins football in just one week. And when we come back on the other side of the podcast, I'm going to tell you guys about some creative and cool stuff the Dolphins are doing on defense, some of the player production, and we'll wrap things up with a funny story from the media room. All of that and a whole lot more here next on the Locked on Dolphins podcast, part 
of the Locked On Podcast Network. But first, before we get creative on the defensive side of the ball, do you need a little bit more creativeness when it comes to the bedroom? I can help you out, guys. Listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, nickel, base, dime package, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever your number is called. Blue Chew is prescribed online, 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 and line and in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, guys, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Among the veteran players that I was probably more of a proponent of moving on from than actually keeping around on the 2019 roster and beyond, TJ McDonald was probably at the forefront of that group, aside from the famed Kiko Alonso disagreement that I tend to have with some of the fans here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast on this Thursday, August the 1st edition on the Locked On Podcast Network. But McDonald has responded, to me at least, with the most impressive defensive back training camp by anybody not named Xavier Howard, who, by the way, had two more interceptions in practice today. Now, one of them, he was out of bounds, and a second one, he got flagged for defensive holding, but still, he's always around the football, getting his hands on the football, and so is McDonald. He has been active in every single period of just about every single practice. He's involved on defense in the running game, playing coverage in the hook zones and buzzing the flat, but also in special teams, where he is really the signal caller of both the return units and his most impressive rep on Thursday's practice came when he matched up against Mike Gesicki high pointing a football in the back of the end zone and we know that that's what Gesicki does best but McDonald outleaped the former volleyball player and put the football on the ground so he looks terrific just about every single day and the leader of pass breakups in this entire secondary of this training camp has been Eric Rowe and he was demoted to second team to start practice off today but I think that was more about getting some of the younger guys some reps and giving them an opportunity because Eric Rowe was at it again he has been fantastic and barring something unforeseen which I guess could be an injury which is not unforeseen at all for Eric Rowe he is going to be your opening day starter at cornerback along with Minka Fitzpatrick and Xavier Howard now the beneficiary of Going down to the second team for Eric Rowe was the UTEP rookie, undrafted Nick Needham. He looked fantastic in the first team today. He stayed in phase on a long pass down the sideline to Preston Williams, and he didn't get his hands on it initially. Actually, Preston Williams did and batted the ball into the air on a ball that was just out of his reach, but Needham put himself in position to scoop that up. He got himself an interception, his first of training camp. At safety... Bobby McCain is working his ass off back there, getting himself into angles and getting himself over the top into the help areas he has to be. He's showing fluid hips and quick twitch-like ability. That's why they love him back there. It makes total sense. And Maurice Smith, another safety, kind of more in the mold of TJ McDonald. He looks comfortable playing down around the screen game, playing in the run game, coming off the line of scrimmage. 
he certainly is a one to watch during the preseason games to see if he can make this roster. A guy that's probably not going to make the roster, Torrey McTire. He has had a very difficult camp. He got mossed by Devontae Parker today. And Jalen Davis has also struggled big time. That was a surprise for me. He's not getting any run on the first or second teams. And his third team work is kind of forgettable in its own right as well. But the Dolphins' multiplicity in this defensive backfield is really starting to show off, as Patrick Graham stated at the top of the show, using players all over the formation regardless of their position. And we talked on the podcast about the need for backup safeties in the event that McCain's not available. Montre Hardage is at the forefront of that group, and he was again today, and he's taking to it very well. He's showing the natural instincts the toughness to stick his nose in there, and the technique to play the position. He started 36 consecutive games for Northwestern in college, and he really has a lot of the traits that Brian Flores is going to want in a defensive back in this defense. The other contestants for that position are Jamal Wiltz and Chris Lammons. I don't think Lammons sticks around. I think Jamal Wiltz probably will stick around because he's seeing a lot of time at nickel, which coincides perfectly with the principles of this defense. Principles that bring safeties down to cover the slot in that coverage aspect. He and McCain and Fitzpatrick seem to be the top three guys in that regard. Obviously with a decent gap between McCain and Fitzpatrick, but Wiltz is right there in the next line of those guys. And there was some packages with two deep safeties as well. We talked about it earlier. Minka Fitzpatrick seeing some time at safety. I think Omar Kelly had tweeted that out. And Montrey Hardridge is getting back into that role as well in that two deep look. And there was one great package where McCain sprints to the line of scrimmage with a late rotation post snap from Montrey Hardridge. And then McCain, like every Everybody on this defense does through an interior blitz coming right up the middle of the offensive line. And you're going to see a lot of that this season. Now, Cornell Armstrong has not had a good camp on defense, but he was doing a lot of individual work with Walt Aikens on special teams. And that's a good sign for a young player to make the team. If you're working with Walt Aikens on special teams, you definitely have a sticking point on the roster. But then again, Howard, McCain, McDonald, and Minka are all getting reps on special teams. Expect a lot of starters to play in the third phase of the game, a very New England Patriots thing to do. And when the Dolphins do go too deep and Fitzpatrick falls into that safety spot. Jamal Wiltz comes down and plays the nickel package and Fitzpatrick is playing linebacker. He's playing on the line of scrimmage. He's playing underneath in the middle of the field in these third and long type of shell defenses where they want to funnel things into that portion because he can tackle. He's quick. He's instinctive. It's a great spot for Minka in that sub package in a dime looking package on defense. On the defensive line up front, Games, games, games. They're going to run so many games. We've seen it with the Patriots. You saw me tweeting about it last night with Andrew Van Ginkle in his Wisconsin tape where he'll bluff a rush upfield and loop back to the inside while the defensive end takes care of the tackle and trying to create that gap by widening the length of the offensive line. We've seen tons of that in camp which just makes a lot of sense considering what Brian Flores did last year with the Patriots. And Nate Orchard has kind of been the focal point of this amoeba type of package where you're going to have multiple guys standing up around the line of scrimmage. And go back and check out a piece by Evan Lazar. I think it's of CSNL Media in Boston, a Patriots beat writer who's been on the podcast before. He did a great breakdown on that amoeba package where guys are standing up. You don't know where the rush is coming from. From the Patriots last season, we should see more of that 
guy in Miami. But even on Orchard's work, he worked inside sometimes off the nose tackle while everybody else stood up. So they obviously have a role in mind for this guy. And I thought he was going to be cut at the end of the first weekend, but he's working out a nice role on this defense. Charles Harris continues to work off the edge in both odd and even fronts. No linebacker for Harris. He's going to be a three-point stance edge player pretty much primarily. I think Christian Wilkins is quietly having a nice camp, causing some problems against the run. His pass rush hasn't come along yet, but he works his ass off every day and it shows. Adolphus Washington had another sack in the team red zone period. He has made the team as far as I'm concerned. And Jamius Pittman had a really nice day today, clogging things up in the running game. Now we go back to the linebacker position. I talked about Van Ginkle and he is doing so much from a blitzing standpoint, from a coverage standpoint, just as Jerome Baker is. And Baker had a nice rep to start practice where he went out wide with the running back, Kenyon Drake, who started off the offensive play, flexed out all the way wide in a plus split. Baker goes out with him. They motion Drake back into the backfield and Baker comes back in and plays linebacker on the interior. So this guy is literally doing everything on the defense and probably one of the main players in terms of Patrick Graham's comment about guys not having defined positions. That is Jerome Baker. It's also Minka Fitzpatrick, but those two probably the most most relevant players to that discussion. And Sam McGuavin, he was out there playing good ball again today. He has the look of a sub-package coverage type of linebacker, but he made a really nice play in the running game when he shedded a block and took on Mark Walton for a big collision down in red zone work. And speaking of explosive, Terrell Hanks is getting a lot of time and he's showing a lot of speed and good blitz work. I saw him come untouched again for another pressure in the team drills. That's a lot of speed between him and Aguavin, and they're getting some work together on the same package. I wanted to mention Trey Watson, the Maryland undrafted free agent, because he gets a lot of dap from the coaches when he comes off the field. I haven't seen many plays, but he definitely is doing something right because they seem to always give him credit for getting his assignment right. And we're going to flip things over to the offensive side here real quick. And I do apologize for the rapid notes on this podcast. I have so much to get to that I want to make sure I can. And we're going to start with the receivers. Preston Williams and Devontae Parker were the stars on the offensive side of the ball in this practice. Both rebounding balls in the end zone with relative ease. And Williams really showcased some of his deep ball skill set with this beautifully thrown ball from Ryan Fitzpatrick against two guys in tight coverage. And he had to show those quiet hands because you put your hands up the DB knows to go ahead and deflect the ball and throw his hands in there but he waited till the very last minute threw his hands up hauled it in made a very nice catch in traffic down around the pylon at the front corner of the end zone and I know a lot of you out there get very mad when we talk positively about Devontae Parker, so you might want to skip the next 15 seconds or so, but Devontae Parker is getting better every single day, and there was one play in particular that I thought should really encourage fans, where he came across the formation in a mesh concept. You have the weak side and strong side receivers cross, try to keep, uh, create some confusion on the defense, and they ran that from the 10-yard line, and the ball was severely underthrown. Torrey McTire is right there for a pick, and Parker comes over the top of him and steals the ball for a touchdown. He just looks hungrier. He looks beefier. He looks more physical. Those are the things he needed to do to get that first round potential to shine through. And it looks like he's doing it. We'll see if it happens on game day, but I'm encouraged. Isaiah Ford was back in the first team again, taking advantage of his opportunity with Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant down. I feel like Ford, Parker, and Stills kind of have the best rapport so far with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Bryce Butler is kind of fading. He hasn't really made a play. Alan Hearns not doing much either. 
Actually, uh, Saeed Blacknell was the best of the rest of the receivers, I thought, in practice today. At running back, Mark Walton has been the beneficiary of Kalen Balazs' injury. He's getting extended work with the second team, and he even checked in as part of a 21 personnel package, two backs, one tight end, two receivers, sharing the backfield with Kenyon Drake, and this was previously Balazs and Drake's duo back there, but they're working together now, Walton getting the call up to the second team and sometimes the first team. And to go back to Drake, who has been kind of a whipping boy in this training camp so far, it seems, he's quietly having a very productive camp. So I wish that people would kind of take it easy on him because the vision is what I've noticed. He's making a lot of big runs where he bends it back across the outside outside zone or stretch zone off the outside. And that's the kind of backside vision where a bat can really make some big gains in the running game. And Kenyon Drake is doing that. The entirety of the Dolphins' backfield worked in the passing game, and that included a bunch of corner routes from the shot shotgun set offset to the quarterback's right side and that was the same play the Dolphins ran last year for a touchdown to Kenyon Drake the rookies Patrick Laird and Miles Gaskin were the very last guys off the field I wanted to play you guys my interview with Miles Gaskin but the wind made it sound horrible so we're not going to do that but they worked on patterns they caught some passes off the jugs machine and I think right now Laird might have the upper hand on Gaskin he gets into the offense first and he had a very nice touchdown run to close out practice today we're going to come back on the other side and talk about the offensive line, the tight ends, recap practice, and I'm going to tell you guys some funny stories from training camp. All of that and more next here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. been kind of a discouraging couple of days pretty much since the pads came on for the interior of the Dolphins offensive line I do think that Jesse Davis has really settled in nicely to his role at right tackle Laramie Tunzel we really don't have to talk about him pretty much at all but the two guys that had the nicest work today were Michael Dunn and Kyle Fuller who sprung that big Patrick Laird rung with a physically dominating block that opened up a big gap for the rookie to run through Isaiah Prince is getting more second team work he's clearing out some bodies in the running game and Jared Jones Smith man I hope this guy can figure it out from a technique standpoint point because he's so damn big he had an excellent block today where he opened up with a drop set and then latched onto the defender and created a huge edge in the process for the running game and Chris Reed and Daniel Kilgore the first and second team center right now those guys are struggling I expected more from Chris Reed who has gone backwards basically since the pads came on but the good news is rookie Michael Dieter is looking pretty good at left guard and I really liked before practice today he took some time with the rookie Durval Neto the offensive guard conversion and spend some time working on hand placement with Neto so he's showing that leadership skill set that he saw that we saw rather at Wisconsin and Shaq Calhoun is the first team right guard yet again but I think that might not last for very long he gets overpowered quite a bit which is funny because he's supposed to be more of a power player but Christian Wilkins and Devon Godshaw and Vincent Taylor those guys have given him a lot of issues on that defensive line and one cool thing that you won't get in the training camp reports probably elsewhere occurred when coach DeGugliamo called Calhoun over from across the field and the rookie sprinted and I'm not talking about just a, a like a sprint a zombie apocalypse type of sprint for your life run over to coach the respect is definitely there let's wrap up the tight ends real quick Nick O'Leary just looks awesome ever since Dwayne Allen came back even though Allen was on the stationary bikes at practice today he's catching everything in sight making plays in the team period and doing very well on that patented dig out block where he comes back across the formation and seals the backside edge My 
Mike Kosicki has totally faded. He dropped a Hail Mary that was uncontested. They wanted him to catch it and nobody else went up for it and it went right through his hands. He's struggling. Durham Smythe played some today on the first team with that 11 personnel offense. That might be his gig going forward. So all things told... These last few days have been much more about installing the scheme than really individual prowess, so to speak. And I think they're doing very well with that. They worked hard again on tackling drills and ball security drills. They know this is a team that has to take care of those little things if they're going to win games. And you want to hear the very best news of probably the entire training camp so far. Remember last year or the last couple of years with Matt Burke when the linebackers would allow tight ends and in tight receivers to just get free releases and not touch them at all? That's not the case anymore. These guys are beating up guys and rerouting them early in the line of scrimmage, something we have been calling for for a very long time. All right, Miami! You're damn right, all right, Miami, Jim Mandich. So that was a good news at practice. Nobody got hurt. I thought today was a very sharp, good-looking practice. We have one more practice tomorrow on Friday, and then, of course, the scrimmage on Saturday, and then I'm going to get the hell out of here. I've got a few more notes. I want to fly through these real quick. I talked about some of the packages on defense, on receiver routes. There was a really cool drill down in the red zone where the receivers would basically fake a rub route, whether they're going to work inside and pick the interior defender, which gets the coverage kind of discombobulated and that receiver then fakes that rub and then comes back to the corner to get open for a touchdown that was pretty cool to see tons and tons of jet sweep motions I tweeted out about the Dolphins assistant Tyquan Underwood running these jet sweep motions time and time again off of that they would do misdirection little toss sweeps that could be an effective play we saw a dime defense. We saw eight defensive backs on the field. We saw Sam Aguavin and Terrell Hanks lining up an A-gap pressure looks, rather. We saw Jerome Baker shifting his gap, depending on where the pressure is coming from, right before the snap. So these guys are going to try to confuse the offense as much as they can. Just go back and watch any Patriots game. We covered it all offseason long. You're going to see it pretty much from that Packers game on. You're going to see that same type of scheme with Brian Flores this year. On the defensive odd front, you're going to see plenty of Nate Orchard, Charles Harris, and Andrew Van Ginkle as those guys try to work on finding pass rush prowess. And there's oftentimes even fronts with which is three guys on the line of scrimmage or five guys when the linebackers come down with only one defensive lineman with his hand in the dirt. So tons and tons of good quality stuff at practice today. I wanted to give you guys a great note here about some comments I heard in the media tent from none other than Mr. Salguero himself. He caught me tweeting a play out and talking about the formation or trying to get the information out quickly as me and another couple of beat writers were trying to do the same thing. And Armando, who was sitting there talking about this quarterback battle with kind of the insight and intelligence of what you might see in a Facebook comment with NFL threads on Facebook comments, it was just like, dude, what are we talking about here? Put him on Colin Cowherd for all I care because that's about where that conversation belonged. But then to come back and say, and I say this verbatim, quote, ah, modern journalism, what it has become, end quote. And I thought to myself, yeah, that modern journalism is going to kind of push guys like you out of the business, Armando. So maybe, maybe check yourself on that. All things told, though, everybody has been super nice and super welcoming at the entire Dolphins facility. That includes the beat guys. Omar Kelly's been awesome. Adam Beasley, Joe Shad, Cameron Wolf, Safid Dean, Alan Popar of the MiamiDolphins.com, as well as Andy Cohen and Scott Stone, the digital content manager over at MiamiDolphins.com. The entire Dolphins organization, they feed us every day with some great food. The concession staff, the security gates, every person there is five-star, all-class, all the time 
And Matt Taylor, who works in Dolphins communication, told me that he's worked for a couple of teams and nothing compares to the Miami Dolphins. So this organization is doing things the right way. I hope, I think that they've done things the right way in terms of hiring the football staff and we can finally get this five-star, five-class organization in the football operations to come over into the front office and have the same impact on the football field. And one last note from the media tent. Kim Camper came up and sat right next to me today, and he was the one talking to Armando Salguero, and he wasn't trying to hear that conversation pretty much at all because Kim was probably thinking the exact same thing I was thinking. What the hell are you talking about? But he made a great comment about Josh Rosen with this idea that Josh Rosen has to start, damn it. He better start because then we wasted the draft pick, which is, of course, Armando's opinion. Kim Camper says, well, what the hell? What if he's John Beck? Then what's the fucking point? And he said fucking point too. So it was really cool to hear Kim Camper kind of put that in its place. And that man commands a certain presence when he's around. He is very large and his personality is very large as well. So let's go ahead and put a bow on things right there. We've got actual football game on TV tonight with the Falcons and the Broncos, even though it's not really actual football. But we're going to go ahead and close this podcast up so I can go out there and catch that game and catch a beer or two. I want to thank our sponsors again, Blue Chew. Go ahead and help yourself out there, guys. As well with Manscaped, they take care of all your grooming tools for your family jewels and with that you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast leave us a rating leave us a review check out the other locked on sports family of podcasts like the locked on heat podcast and locked on nfl podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams sorry got sidetracked there follow me on twitter at wingful nfl almost a 10,000 follows let's go ahead and make that happen right now follow the show at locked on fins keep up to date on the daily dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. you guys have a great rest of your night we'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the locked on dolphins podcast your daily dose for miami dolphins training camp football and all things miami dolphins all year long every single day locked on dolphins podcast fins up guys